You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. The Canadian government has announced that it is going to reduce the number of new international student permits by a third next year and for two years, going to bring down the number of foreign students who can come here to study. Now, there's a number of reasons this is the case. We can go through a bunch of them. Uh, Some people point to housing and say, you know, all these students are here temporarily and they rent places and it makes it harder. It's a, it's a tax, it's a, not a tax, it's a, a strain on the housing supply. Apply. Um, you know, others talk about students who come here and then stay. There's all kinds of things, but the federal government is now saying, yeah, we, we, we have to do something about this. And they're pointing largely at the level of temporary residence in Canada. I want to bring in Moisha Launder, who's a senior economics lecturer with Concordia University. Uh, thanks for doing this today. Always a pleasure. Is this a good plan or is this scapegoating foreign students as the cause of our problems with housing and some other things? Yeah, it's scapegoating. Uh, You asked if it's a good plan, I would just say it's a plan. Okay. So I think that the federal government was essentially bullied into doing something. And so I think they just picked the easiest target and said, all right, let's do this is the reason. I'm kind of reminded of uh, there's a great Simpsons episode where Mo is just sitting there saying, I knew it was the immigrants. I just knew it was them. It, it's kind of that sort of thing that, uh, who do I blame for this? Well, let's go after them. Anytime you can get a university lecturer to come on and quote the Simpsons, you know that your show is going well. So, uh, you know, that <laughs> off to a good start. No, it, like, it does seem like this is the group that is going to if not put up the least fuss, we're going to hear the least about it because they're not full-time residents. They're not immigrants per se. So this is one thing we can do and there's not going to be a ton of blowback from the people affected. And that's exactly it. And that even if there is a path to citizenship for them or to staying permanently, uh, the number of years that would take, uh, this government could say then, well, they're not even going to get us at the next election, right? If you start targeting uh, different groups that may or may not be more affected or affecting the situation, uh, then they do run the risk of alienating a generation of people that, that might vote for them. So uh, I, 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 I'm disappointed uh, that this is the solution that they came up with. But that said, uh, other than just shrugging and saying, this is something that we as Canadians have to figure out, uh, you know, they're kind of backed in, into that corner. Is, is there, uh, I mean, in, in university towns though, I would think that there is some issue here. Uh, and, and, you know, again, not to scapegoat, but in, in places that are heavily university towns, I would assume that a lot of the housing is taken by students and, and that's going to necessarily mean in some cases, international students. Is there in those cities, in those towns, is there a case to be made for this? Well, you know, one of the things is that a lot of university towns, and of course you're in one of them, uh, how much has student housing actually been built? Mm. And so, you know, I'm, I'm reminded having grown up in London, uh, Western used to house most of the student population in university built dorms. What most universities are finding though, is that, uh, in order to kind of balance last year's books, you need to admit more students this year. And of course, if you can admit foreign students that pay triple tuition, as opposed to domestic students who just pay regular tuition, uh, it's almost it's almost like a Ponzi scheme uh, that seems to be going on here. But what the universities have realized is 
why should we be responsible for building all of the temporary student housing that's going to house all of these students? Let's just cut them loose into the local neighborhoods and the surrounding uh, towns and make it their problem. Funny, and yeah. so again, this is where the the federal government is saying, wait, how did this land on our lap? Uh, the idea of bringing in foreign students itself is not a problem. It's that the local universities are not working with the the cities that host them to make sure that this doesn't spill over into the non-student population and become their problem. Funny you mentioned about the impact on, excuse me, on universities themselves, because uh, the same day this story comes out, there's a piece in the Hamilton Spectator talking about uh, finances of a lot of universities in Ontario and specifically looking at McMaster's finances. And let me read you two paragraphs, very short paragraphs from the story. Revenue from tuition grew by 8.4% to a total of 445.8 million in 2022-23, quote, solely due to increased international enrollment and international tuition rate increases. The report reads, domestic enrollment and both undergraduate and graduate levels was virtually flat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Universities, this is the, this is almost now the thing they need. They've become almost addicted to foreign student revenues. They absolutely have. And for any university, wherever you are, so whether you're talking Mac, whether you're talking Western, Queens uh, has also been saying they're in some financial difficulty. Uh, you know, your biggest two expenses are facilities and faculty. And so now what you've got is that faculty in general are on average a little healthier than the general population. They live a little longer. Uh, but now that living a little longer is living into their 80s, 90s, and sometimes hitting the century mark. So when you're making these big pension obligations, not only are you paying them six figures uh, for their teaching lives, but you're also promising them big fat money for all of the years that they spend retired. The facilities, it's now an arms race to make sure that you have the cutting edge engineering lab, science lab, medical facilities, uh, even in the humanities where you could work with, say, a, a blackboard and maybe 19th century technology, even there, it's a race to try and compete to uh, the globalization of education that you got to make sure that everybody has the right bells and whistles. So, you know, even their facilities are, are becoming extremely costly. And so, yeah, it, you only have so many local residents, our, our domestic population is barely growing. And the reason why Canada is growing so quickly is because we have the open doors. And so, of course, uh, it just makes sense then that you start creating this two-tier pricing. Uh, it's only a matter of time, too, before you start creating a third tier where you say, and out-of-province students are also going to pay a much larger amount mm. uh, for coming into the province and maybe taking off. It's it's what Quebec's doing right now, although they're doing it for language purposes. So are, are universities going to look at this then, do you think, and say, you know what, we've got to wean ourselves off this because times are changing, or is it going to go more the way you just described, where now we are really, McMaster looks at this and goes, we are in death competition with Western and with everyone else to lure the students here. Is it going to be a, let's pull back, or is it going to be a full frontal assault now to get those foreign students? Yeah, it, it's the full frontal assault because if you try to cut back, right, if you try and cut your expenses, how are you going to do that? By selling off buildings, by trying to, uh, you know, through attrition, eliminate your faculty complement, that that type of thing is going to prompt a severe response, not just from students who are not going to like the idea that they now have second rate facilities, larger class sizes, less faculty around to supervise their research and, and help them uh, get the job skills they need. But uh, the, the faculty themselves, of course, are going to protest saying, wait a second, uh, you know, uh, with a PhD, that that means mobility. And so now education is one of those places where 
you know, I don't have to stay in Canada. I can go to the US. I can go to Europe. I can go to Australia. And so if you're not going to offer me those best facilities, uh, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach or somewhere else. Uh, (laughs) And so you can't afford to to lose your faculty because that's a lot of what allows that international reputation to build for Mac or all of the other universities. So no, the, the only way that you can do it now is you've got to find ways to squeeze every last dollar out of every last student you can. And if the easiest way to do it is to just say, show me your passport, uh, they're going to keep doing it. And you're right. They have become addicted. And I think the addiction is just going to get worse. Well, and, and you know, tuitions are controlled somewhat here in Ontario, but could we then see universities look for other ways to make up for this user fees on students or higher fees for on-campus housing, or will they look for things that are going to fill that gap if the, if the international student numbers are down? Absolutely. And, and they're going to petition the provincial government. You know, we, we've seen that there are jurisdictions where you, you press hard enough. The, the provincial government understands that it's in their best interest, too, to start allowing universities to raise tuition beyond certain levels, because the, the real cost of an education is substantially beyond what students are paying anyway. So even with the triple tuition that international students are paying, they're still not paying the full cost of their tuition. So the, the provincial government's going to recognize, too, that they've got a ticking time bomb on their hands, that the more students that are coming in to pay for the facilities and faculty, the more of a subsidy that they're having to hand over uh, they'd rather offload some of that subsidy because I don't think there's a tax base there that can keep financing it. Uh, and so at some point, especially in Ontario, where you've got, what, 20, 25 universities, uh, you don't want them going belly up the way some of the ones in, in northern Ontario uh, are, are really worried about, especially as the north uh, kind of empties out and people move down to, to Toronto and the GTA. Uh, we can't do better than having someone come on and quote both the Simpsons and LeBron James uh, in one segment. But uh, Moshe Lander, really appreciate you doing the Senior Economics Lecture with Concordia University. I should give you another minute to come up with one more obscure reference, but you know what, next time. Uh, always appreciate coming on and doing this. Thank you. I'll up the bar for next time. <laughs> <laughs> the Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.